This episode of For the Love with Jen Hatmaker is brought to you by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. They can be big, difficult, even scary life things, and also small inconveniences that add up day after day. The thing is, when we keep them all bottled up on the inside and just try to grin and bear it, it can start to affect us and the people around us negatively. We may even isolate ourselves, which makes it even worse. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. This was the case for me when I was at the highest stress level in my life, where the stress was even having physical consequences for me. Therapy was a huge part of my healing journey to learn how to manage the stress. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash for the love today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash for the love. You guys, how important is sleep temperature? It's everything to me. And this is where Chili Pad by Sleep Me comes in. Its mission is to elevate the quality of human life through cool sleep. The Chili Pad bed cooling system is your new bedtime solution. It lets you customize your sleeping environment to your optimal temperature, ensuring you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. Chili Pad works with your existing mattress. It's a water-based mattress topper that continuously controls your bed temperature from 55 to 115 degrees. It's designed for one or two sleepers. So if your partner likes to sleep at a different temperature or you only need it for one side of the bed, it still works. I just put this on top of my existing mattress and voila. So whether you're dealing with night sweats or simply seeking a better night's rest, Chili Pad is here to transform your existing mattress into a sanctuary of cool, relief, and comfort. Visit www.sleep.me slash FTL to get your Chili Pad and save up to $315 with code FTL. This offer is exclusively available for the love listeners, only for a limited time. So order it today with free shipping and try it out for 30 days. You can return it for free if you don't like it with your sleep trial. So visit www.sleep, that's S-L-E-E-P, dot M-E slash F-T-L, because every woman deserves to wake up feeling refreshed and ready to conquer the day ahead. Hey, everybody, Jen Hatmaker here, your host of the For the Love podcast. Welcome to the show. You guys, today we're bringing a really exciting bonus episode to talk about my favorite topic, food, with one of my favorite people, Anthony Porosky. Yay! He has been so kind to come on our little show and give us a little exclusive sneak peek of his brand new cookbook, which you should just go ahead and order now. Really, just hit buy now. Don't even think about it. I had Anthony on the show for a different episode and he is just dear, you guys, so dear. And I love his food point of view. And I, when we, he and I start talking about food, (laughs) it's obnoxious, like, and what we love and what we want and how we cook, we cook very similar. Both he and I are self-taught. Neither one of us went to culinary school. We are imprecise cooks, like everything. Neither one of us like to bake. I'm like, are we the same person? Are we twins? This episode is so fun. So obviously I'm sure you know who Anthony is, but just in case you don't keep up with pop culture, here's a little rundown. Anthony is one part of the Fab Five, AKA the stars of Netflix's 
Queer Eye, the best show. It's just what the world needs. It's such the most feel-good show ever. Um, Anthony is the food and wine expert on the show, and he helps people essentially learn to feed themselves properly and in a nurturing way, no matter what their budget or kitchen looks like, no matter what their experience is or isn't in cooking. So on top of a a filming, obviously an Emmy award-winning TV show, Anthony is also a New York Times bestselling author and is himself an Emmy award winner. His first cookbook is Anthony in the Kitchen. It released in 2019. And you guys, the majority of those recipes contain less than five ingredients, right? So I don't care who you are, how new you are to the kitchen. That is a cookbook for you. Anybody can do it. And so today we're lucky to be chatting about his brand new book, which comes out September 14th. It's called Anthony. Let's do dinner. And it is absolutely lovely and shows us that simple food can always be special if it's made with the right flavors and ingredients, and of course, love. So this conversation was so cute. All we did was talk over each other because this is our favorite thing to talk about. He is just an absolute delight. So I am so pleased to share my conversation with the wonderful Anthony. Okay, Anthony, you cute thing. This is exciting. I am excited to talk to you about this cookbook. Nice, me too. I'm a little bit like you in that, I love food so much and I love cooking. I came to it late. I didn't grow up learning how to cook. I taught myself because I was just like, everybody always wants to eat here and I'm mad about it, but they're in kindergarten. Like, why am I being mean to these kindergartners about dinner? And so I was like, I better, maybe I could just learn to like it. I don't know. It had always felt like a burden and just something else to do on the end of a really long day. But this was like for me back in the early 2000s. And so I just started watching the Food Network, like Ina and Bobby Flay. Those were all my teachers, Rachel Ray. We are the same person. Yeah, I just watched them. I'm like, what's garlic? Like, how does it look in the wild? What's ginger? And I learned knife skills from that. I learned everything from them, really, and about flavors. And then I fell madly in love with food and cooking. It's, it's the best. So anyway, I just wrote a cookbook too, but I'm not technical. I'm not a, I don't have, I have zero credentials. You know, I didn't go to culinary school. I didn't either. I'm just a person. Same. Aren't we all? And I like that food point of view. I'm drawn to like, I have your first cookbook already and I loved it. I just, I read it like a novel. Cause I'm like, this is a, just, this is a person that I, that makes sense to me. This is food that makes sense to me. Like I can make all this. I can, this is all accessible. It doesn't have to be complicated. No, I just have a million questions for you. And starting with this, please. How did you like the process of writing a cookbook? Cause it's a deal. I mean, like it is a deal. I've written 13 books, but this is my first cookbook. And I'm like, well, holy Lord. I mean, it is it's test kitchen and it's notes and it's scribbles and it's eating. And, and then I'm making all these recipes and none of them go together, but it's test kitchen. So I'm having my family come over. Like, this is a truly insane meal. I'm like, I, but how does it taste? Yeah. So what, did, how, how did you find the process? So my first book, Anthony in the kitchen was definitely completely different than let's do dinner. So oh, the first book so? I, I was in, well, first I was in Kansas city where we were filming seasons three and four. My co-author, Mindy Fox, was in Portland, Maine, so we'd actually never met. And when I was discussing with the editor what kind of a book I wanted to come out with, I didn't want it to be 
I don't like things. I, I hate being put in a box in every single way. And so totally. I decided like, look, this is the first book. It's kind of like my introduction to sort of like this, this culinary, this public culinary landscape. And I wanted to treat it, you know, my castmates were writing memoirs and autobiographies. And I was like, I'm not ready for that. I feel like I have more living to do, but I wanted to do my own version of that with recipes that have shaped me. So there's my Polish heritage in there, those dishes that I had when I was like a broke college student, things that are a little more celebratory and fancy recipes that didn't make it into queer eye. It was just kind of like an, an, an amalgamation of everything. And it was basically like really long phone calls. We had some like four or five hour phone calls with Mindy where I would just like, I would just like list off things that I had as a kid. I'm like, oh, do you know what my mother used to make? There was this raspberry mousse and it was like this massive dome and it was decorated with all kinds of like berries and star fruit and those little earth cherries with the little papers on them. They were like little, it's not the technical term for them, but anyway, and like thinly sliced kiwis. And it was like beautiful, like Polish folklore on this massive tart, tangy, sweet, raspberry dome and then it was like covered in chocolate and I would just like remember all these things from my childhood then we would kind of divide and conquer Mindy would test recipes I would test them and then we would kind of give each other notes and just kind of like take it from there and then with the second book you know I was in New York she was in Portland and so she made the trip here along with our lovely culinary assistant Sadie we all worked in my kitchen and it's like the irony of it is like two years three years and I don't even know how long we've been doing Queer Eye but I always pretend like it's a year because it makes it feel more fresh. But the irony is that I actually have a lot less time to cook now than I used to. I spend a lot less time in the kitchen, especially when I'm traveling and doing work things and then I'm done and I literally just don't have time to prepare anything. And so I'm a lot more kind of like careful about what it is that I make. And so I got to like actually test out recipes with Mindy and a lot of them were already, you know, because it's let's do dinner. It's all about how to get dinner on the table which is, I feel like something that like every, whether you're single, whether you're in a relationship in a pod and you have roommates and you have like a full family and you're cooking for your family, like it's something that we all kind of like, try to, I think it's like everyone eats dinner. Some yeah. people skip breakfast, but nobody skips dinner or That's at least nobody exactly should. Right. Some recipes were obvious and things that I was making all the time, but we got to explore and we got to kind of like have fun with it and treat it as this like very collaborative process. And what I love about Mindy, my co-author is that she's actually a brilliant editor. I overcomplicate every single thing in my life where I'm always like adding things on. And she was like, what can we strip away? Going to make it cleaner, simpler, easier to understand, and also just like more relatable and accessible to people out there. During the pandemic, I loved seeing like all these people obsessed with bread making and banana bread and like taking on these like super laborious dishes on TikTok, like kind of distilled into like these like little segments. But I'm an optimist and I, I really do feel like, you know, I try to find the bright side in literally everything. And thinking about all these people who had extra time on their hands during the pandemic took on these like super complex endeavors like bread making, which is no joke. If you want to do it right. It is no joke. And I feel like they're still curious about that. But now is like the world kind of opens up and then closes again and opens up. But like we have a little less time on our hands, but people still love how to cook. So I wanted to figure out how to just get dinner on the table quicker. But at the same time, like I'm not I love my gimmicky books, but I don't like that for myself. Like I didn't want to come up with anything that was like, this is the paleo book or the keto book or the vegan or this or that. I didn't want to have like five ingredients or less where people have the stress of figuring out like all of that or going to a grocery store and getting like 20 different elements for one recipe and then being left with like all this parsley and carrots and like spices and not knowing what to do with it. I wanted to do something that was kind of like easy for people to understand where you have like hacks and shortcuts that don't compromise the quality of the dish. Like 
two standouts that like I can think about that like we we focused heavily on because it's what I eat a lot of eggs and chicken. You can buy a rotisserie chicken for really cheap. You can make a few meals out of it. And then again, use the carcass to like make a bone broth. Eggs, cheap, cheerful, high in protein, omega-3s. It's like every family has them. They're available at bodegas. But at the same time, like kind of like putting care and like doing all the things that I feel like are important to a dish and just figuring that out. So it was it was just so fun being able to like cook with somebody and be like, that doesn't work. That works. That's what it is. Do you know what we need? Breadcrumbs? No, hazelnuts. We need hazelnuts. <laughs> we need a crunch in there. Where's the spice? And then Mindy and I both have a mutual love of lemon zest and dumping it in literally any it's single dish because it's like all the yeah. things, sweet, yeah. savory, doesn't matter. Yeah, It's never heard a thing. What's your favorite recipe that you sort of workshopped or invented or that was like kind of a trial and you're like, this is a triumph. This is like literally a triumph. Okay. So I took notes from all of the comments that I got from my first book because I am, I'm just a people pleaser. That's just always who I'm going to be to some extent. And so I wanted to make sure that I kind of like checked all the boxes for everybody. And so at first we focus on all you, like what, what yeah. did you, did you have a thing where you saw consistently like, okay, this is a thing I'm going to change for the second cookbook. Plant-based. Oh. So many people are curious about like, I'm not talking about like, you know, hardcore vegans or vegetarians, but it's people who are curious about it and they don't know how to go about it and still have all of the nutrients and have the protein that they need and the fiber. So it was more about that. So I kind of focused on those recipes first because I, I do eat plant-based a lot more than I used to. The more that I learn about the world in that terrifying documentary on Netflix about every burger that we eat uses six to 800 gallons of water. Oh, so I've seen it. there's, there's a reason why there's like one steak recipe in the book, because I still enjoy steak, but it's something that I enjoy on a special occasion. And it's not something that I eat as much as I used to, you know what I mean? And if you practice moderation, you end up enjoying the thing a lot more too, as opposed to like eating it every single day. I feel like that's such a thing. So we had like all of these, there are a lot of like healthy ish recipes during the week. I try to stay I'm not precious about like zero carbs because that would just make me a miserable person. But at the same time, like I can't eat pasta every night of the week because I'm just exhausted and then I don't have energy. So when we let leaned into like, I wanted to also like not be too precious and like health conscious about it. We developed a cheeseburger soup, which is kind of what exactly what I'm in the mood for today, especially because it rained yesterday with these like little rafts of like baguette with just like melted cheese and like bread and butter pickles. And there's like ground turkey in there. Baguette rafts. Yeah, like kind of like a French onion soup, you know, when the cheese bubbles over and it's like perfectly brown. Yeah, I do. So that's like the thing that that got me really excited. Cheeseburger soup. This is exciting. (laughs) This is a really exciting development. But it's like, but kind of like the first book where it's like a little all over the place and like very diverse. It's like, yes, you have a cheeseburger soup, but then you have, I spent time in Japan and I was, it's just mind blowing the amount of the, the attention to like detail and level and care that they put into their food. It's like the Italians. Like, like they're just art. so it's like art and then there there was a wonderful thing called ochazuke which is actually a green tea infused broth with a bit of rice and a bit of spinach and then you have a perfect small broiled piece of salmon on top for your protein and it's like you're drinking a spa and it's just delicate and light and so comforting and so quick and easy to come together to days when you like don't necessarily have the time and it's there's a kale salad with rotisserie chicken and just like crushed hazelnut and where you take like the juice of the chicken and it softens the kale because nothing drives me crazier than like going to a restaurant having a kale salad and you know when you're you feel like like am i am i a horse or a cow just like chewing on this kale and i don't know about you but i don't have time to massage every single leaf of kale when i'm no god i have five kids like i'm not doing that 
I'm, I'll use chicken broth. I don't have five kids and I don't have time for that. So no, I don't no, imagine that anybody that. else does. So it's about doing a warm vinaigrette that you can pour over your greens. That just takes a few minutes to put together. That's going to soften them right off the bat and just make it like that perfect hearty salad. Warm vinaigrettes are underrated. They, they are underrated. Underrated. People are like warm and cold. I don't like it. I'm like, well, then you haven't had it. You haven't then had you it. Haven't had it. Sit down, get a fork. Stop saying that you don't like it. Eat it. Yeah, that's really how I treat my guest always. I'm like, oh, you don't like fish? You're about to find out that you do. You don't like salmon? Here's your knife. I'm so interested right now in elevating and celebrating good things. So, community, I'd like to introduce you to Abel. If you're not familiar with Able, they are an ethical fashion brand that employs and empowers women as a solution to end poverty. <laughs> Love. They're deeply devoted also to quality, both in the products they make and in the quality of life they aim to provide. So they invest in, train, and educate women so they can earn a living, break the cycle of poverty, and thrive. And would you believe it all started with scarves for them? in Ethiopia. They met women coming out of the commercial sex industry who asked for help finding jobs. So they trained them to make scarves. And after selling over 4,000 of them in two months, they knew they were onto something. And now Abel has grown from hand-woven scarves to a whole lifestyle brand with leather bags and clothes, shoes, jewelry, and more. I have so much of their stuff that I wear on constant rotation. I cannot say enough good things about Able. Truly, come check them out for the cause and their incredible business practices and stay for the fashion. You can get 20% off site-wide with my code 20GIN at livefashionable.com. So that's 20GIN at livefashionable.com. Great stories are powerful, right? That's why I love this podcast. We get to hear people from all walks of life talking about their obstacles and their wins. And you know another place we get to do that? The Gin Hatmaker Book Club. And I want you to join today because if you love this podcast, you're going to love the book club. Here's the deal. Each month, we'll dive into a fantastic book and we read all kinds of stuff, fiction, memoirs, self-help, all of it. Every single book is something I have read and loved, and I just know you will too. After you sign up every month, I'll send you a box with the book and other fun treats. Plus, your membership comes with a whole slew of perks. You get resources like reading plans, weekly summaries, discussion questions. Plus, you get tons of exclusive community stuff. You get access to our private Facebook group where you can connect with me and all your fellow members. And there's a monthly Facebook live chat session with me and sometimes some surprise guests. Sometimes I pop into the Zoom meetings of our local chapters, which is always delightful. Plus, we do some cool stuff with the book's author. They curate these awesome Spotify playlists just for us. Plus, I record a podcast with the author or another special guest and we talk about the book. It is an incredible way to cap it all off. And you know what makes a book club great? the people. This community is the kindest, most supportive group you can possibly imagine. So sign up today 
at jenhatmakerbookclub.com. We are here waiting to welcome you into the sisterhood with open arms. So join us at jenhatmakerbookclub.com today. Okay, back to our show. What's your like favorite, what's your food? Like my favorite food, for example, is like, I think I was probably meant to be born in Thailand. I think that was just, I accidentally got born in Kansas, but I think I was meant to be born in Thailand. It's spicy, sweet, creamy, crunchy. That's my favorite food. Sweet and savory is probably my favorite sweet, savory, spicy. That's my flavor profile. What do you love? Like, what are you drawn to? I'm definitely in terms of if I'm going out, I just, I love very traditional Italian cuisine, always drawn to it. I have had Italian envy since I was a little kid and I'm 0.000% Italian. But that said, for me, it's always about, it's like you, it's having like the balance of like the flavor profiles. It's like, like I love an agro dolce where it's kind of like a sweet and sour sauce where you have like your red wine vinegar with either like honey or maple syrup with a bit of spice from chili flakes and that kind of a thing. Textures are also really important, whether I'm making a salad or I'm making a pasta dish, a little bit of breadcrumbs go a very long way, crushed nuts just to add like that textural crunch, the power of herbs. That's something that Mindy, that my co-authors taught me. I used to be very kind of like it's one herb per dish. And she taught me that particularly what Eastern cultures can teach us is that like basil, mint and cilantro together. Put them all in. Beautiful. Herbs are a revelation. Like that was one of my early revelations when I was learning how to cook was that this simple thing, this, this addition, and especially in combination, because I told you I'm Thai inside my body, which is all those herbs. It's all it's is, it is the hack. Okay. I have two quick questions left. I want to say, first of all, this for the people listening, I'm curious for you, what are the things in your kitchen, your tools, your whatever, whatever it is that you have in your kitchen that you're like, this is my favorite thing. This is my thing that I love. These are the tools that I use the most or that I'm like, I would save in a house fire. Okay. I always try to keep my knives as sharp as humanly possible, especially for anybody who's an amateur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could. <laughs> Never I heard it said weird, that way, but now but I'm going to use it. It's fine. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's it could it's be a weapon. Us. Because uh, a lot of people who actually cut themselves, whether they're cutting a bagel or whatever it is, their blade slips because it's not sharp enough. That's why a lot of those injuries happen. Otherwise, I love my microplane oh, for God. lemon zest of your and zest. for parm. For it's, your zest. For my zest, yeah. it's fantastic. In terms of ingredients, I always have a bowl of citrus. I love my lemons. I know we talked about that, but it just bears repeating because I think they're so incredibly important. A squeeze of lemon saves a dish. It like right when you're tasting it and it's flat and you can't figure it out and it's just, it doesn't have the depth and then you squeeze a lemon and it's magic. Ina taught me that. Parsley makes me feel that way as well. Yeah. Yeah. Some fresh oh gosh, parsley and something. It right up. It brightens it right up. And it's always at the end. Don't add it at the beginning. It's going to get brown and it's going to look like it's been sitting there for days. Chop some up finely. I even use parsley stems. They have a really nice crunch. There's actually a parsley salad on the side of a steak with a really lovely Harissa butter that's in the book in Let's Do Dinner that's fantastic. And it's like, you would never think parsley salad, but it's like, it's fantastic. And parsley literally costs like 99 cents for a bunch. And you have a salad for two to three people with one bunch. It's practically free. Like it doesn't get cheaper than that. 
I know I used to grow. Do you know you don't have, you live in New York. I used to garden and I filled it with herbs, but then after like battling this dreadful Texas heat and the bugs and the things, I was like, you know what? I can get this parsley for 50 cents. I'm just going to get it from my farmer's market. I'm just going to save myself it cost me a hundred million dollars just to water my parsley. <laughs> right. And so, yes, I love that. Oh, my microplane. I also love my food scoop. This is not necessary. I don't really know what it's called. I don't really know what the term is. It's flat and you chop all your ingredients and you scoop it up and move it into your bowl, like a oh. food taxi. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Do you know what I'm saying? I have a food scraper those. kind of. So I have like a scraper thing that's actually used to cut raw dough but I don't really bake. I don't use it. So I actually use it to scrape. Oh yes. I, I use, I, I use either. my chef's knife too. Yeah. I don't bake. It's too precise. You know why? Because baking is like photography and cooking is like painting. Literally have said that photography, the rules, the, all of it. It's too precise for me. And I'm kind Same. of a, when I turned my cookbook in, my editor was like, we need some quantities. I'm like some, you know, you just, do some and taste it. And then if you want some more, do some more. And right. I mean, I really had to go back with a fine tooth comb. That's how I operate. Yep. Tighten it up. I have totally. a dessert chapter with one dessert in it. <laughs> yeah. Creme brulee. It's not baking. Oh, I love that's creme brulee. It. Nobody comes to me for dessert. That is not a thing. Same. Nobody. That's Nobody. where I like to, I like to put a little spotlight on my favorite little bakers and patisserie and little bake shops in the city. Yep. Yep. If I'm in charge of dessert, what it's going to be is champagne. So there you go. And it's delicious and everyone's happy. Anthony, everybody buy Anthony's cookbook. It was so nice getting to know you. So nice to know you too. Off to your next interview. So happy to meet you. Thanks for your time today. Thank you. Bye. Hope you enjoyed our little bonus episode. You guys will love his cookbook and you should just run and get it. You should just run and get it. He's so cute too. You know, he's just so adorable. So if anything, just get it for the cover. You know what I mean? God, he's the cutest thing. And so darling, I just want him to be my all the time friend. And I love his food point of view. I love how he cooks. He does not make it fussy or fancy or impossible or unreachable. It's like, this is my favorite kind of cookbook. The kind where you're like, oh, I can do this. This is not some technical treatise on, you know, culinary masterpieces. It's This is for us. It's for home cooks. And so, so happy to talk to him about it. So you guys, you can get that cookbook wherever books are sold for sure. And you'll love it. Add it to your collection. Thanks for listening today. You guys love bringing you a little fun bonus episodes. We just do this occasionally. And every time I'm glad that we do it. So hope you enjoyed it. See you next time.